Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at ComparedToWho.me, and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compared to Who show. I'm Heather Creekmore. Compared to Who is part of the Spark Podcast Network and can now be heard on the Edify app. I am so glad you're listening today. Happy New Year. Welcome to the show. If you're new here, this is the start of our sixth season. If you want a better idea of what this show is all about, go check out the trailer or season one, episode one. And I think that'll really help you understand how Compared to Who is a little different than maybe some other body image or comparison shows you've heard of. But I have just a couple main objectives for our show today. First, I want to inspire you to a new kind of fresh start. It's the beginning of January, and that's what most of us cherish, right? That clean slate, those blank pages in the calendar. It's a chance for a do-over. I love fresh starts so much because really they're what grace is all about, right? God's grace tells us we get a fresh start. His grace is new every morning. And I love that so much. So we're going to dig into that in just a second. But in today's show, I also want to do a little bit of a recap. We had what for many I'm hearing was a paradigm rattling series at the end of last year. So I interviewed several non-diet dietitians and my friend who's an integrative nutrition coach, and we talked about something called diet culture. We talked about how all of these rules, expectations, and beliefs surrounding our bodies and what they should look like and the food we need to get them there, a lot of this may have been filled with misinformation. So in the second part of today's show, we're going to dig in there for a minute and I'm going to share with you just a little bit more of my own journey with food and intuitive eating and how that's going. But today I have three big ideas for you, three ways that I believe you can find a new view of you this year. Now, of course, I want you to keep listening to this show all year long. I also think you should consider signing up for Refocus 21. It's an online course on my website at comparedto.me. And if you're brand new to this show, it might be the first time you've ever heard of it. So these are two great places you can start, right? Start listening to the old episodes. If you weren't here with us last April, I did something called the Spring Break Free. The audio quality isn't awesome because it was originally video content, but turn up your volume and the message is still great. Every day last April, April 2021, I walked you on a journey 
out of body image bondage into body image freedom, where we talked about what the real problem is behind our body image issues. But this past September, September 2021, you can get all of those shows too. Every day in September, we prayed for your body image all month long. So there's 30 different little episodes that are short prayers for different aspects of your body image. And, you know, I tell you, even if you listened to it already, if you were with us then and you listened to all of those episodes, January is an awesome time to consider listening to those again. They're not very long. I think the longest one is like nine minutes. So consider going through them the month of January one more time and pray for your body image every day. So these are things that you can do to improve your body image. But recently, I've been convicted that doing is a big part of my problem. You see, I have a hard time just being. Thus, I feel better when I'm doing. Now, the crazy thing is that somewhere I've distorted in my mind, I believe that with enough doing, I can get to a place where I can rest and just be. But that puts the burden on me, doesn't it? I have to do enough in order to be enough. It's the beginning of the year, and if you're at all like me, you may have some goals rattling around in your head. There are things that you want to do this year to help you be better in some way. Maybe you want to lose weight, and we'll talk about that goal more in the second part of the show. But maybe you just want to change some habits. Maybe you want to stop yelling at your children or start waking up earlier to spend time alone with God. Maybe your goal is to get more rest or add some exercise. Our goals aren't bad things most of the time, but they are often centered around things we need to do. And what I've noticed is the longer my to-do list gets, the less I actually get accomplished. At the beginning of each year, the list is very long, but then by February, I start giving up on some of my to-dos. And I blame myself for not having the willpower or the strength to carry out all of my goals. Recently, I was listening to a Tim Keller sermon where he talked about an obscure passage in the Bible in the book of Numbers. The passage is in Numbers 21, where the Israelites have been rescued from slavery in Egypt. They're in the wilderness on their way to the promised land, and they're complaining because all they have to eat is bread. Now, At first, it may sound like they have some sort of legitimate reason to complain. Bread only, really? I've tried all the diets, but never that one. (laughs) But we have to remember that the manna God provided for them every morning was nothing short of miraculous. It met all of their nutritional needs in a desert-like wilderness where they had no other food options. They could cook with it, grind it into flour, make things. It was amazing, but it wasn't enough. In other words... They were discontent with their lives. They wanted more. And God got mad and sent venomous snakes. Yikes! Okay, I'd read that story before, of course. But the part of the story that Tim Keller brought out was how when Moses interceded for the people, God provided a way for them to be healed from their snake bites. The cure? They had to put an image of a snake on a pole, and Moses held it up, and the people had to look at it. Now, Keller talks about how the snake on a pole has become a universal symbol for healing. That snake on the pole, he's kind of wrapped around the pole and he's got wings on the top of it. That's the medical symbol, at least here in the United States. But then Keller connected this passage to the story in John 3, where Jesus meets Nicodemus. 
in John 3, 14, just two verses before what's likely the most famous verse in the whole Bible, John 3, 16, Jesus talks about this passage in Numbers. He talks about how Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness. And then he connects that to the Son of Man being lifted up, or what we would refer to as Jesus talking about his own crucifixion on the cross. And Keller makes the point that just as the Israelites in Numbers had to look at the snake to be healed, we have to look at the cross to be healed. Our real healing doesn't come in our doing. It comes in our looking. As I was preparing for this podcast, I was thinking about how our real freedom from body image and comparison issues comes from watching where we look, not what we do. I was going to talk to you about not spending so much time looking in the mirror or looking at the internet to get your definition of beauty, but instead to look up and look at God's word. But then I listened to the sermon and I recognized what beautiful truth it held for our body image issues. The freedom comes when we can lay all of our concerns aside and just look at Jesus. When we can look at what he's done for us. And when we can recognize that none of our doing will ever be enough. In fact, did you know that's the biggest difference between Christianity and every other world religion? Every other religion says you must do something to get to their version of heaven. But as Christians, we believe that the work is already done. All we have to do is look at it. While body positivity and other body freedom teachers instruct you to look inside yourself for the beauty, which is a Hindu principle, by the way, or they tell you to look in the mirror until you find something you like, which is just silly, especially if you're over 40, you know that's not going to go well. The real body image freedom, friends, comes when we can lay our concerns down and look up. So my number one recommendation for you in this new year is to daily fix your gaze above. I like to say that the prayer is, God, take my eyes off of my thighs. Post that on your computer. Make it your screensaver or something if that resonates with you. But daily we have to look up. The real healing we desire in the arena of body image is a spiritual healing. We need God's grace We need his strength and we need his help to see ourselves the way he sees us. This kind of renewed view of our bodies and our purpose on this planet is completely dependent, not on what we do, but on what we view. I'll be right back with more. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. Okay, my second suggestion for you this new year is to look out. Okay, I don't mean watch out. (laughs) I understand. There's a lot out there you probably should be watching out for. But what I mean is to focus more on your window than on your mirror. Now, follow me here. I'd like to challenge you this year to consider ways that you can intentionally 
love others more. And to love others more, we have to spend more time looking out than we do looking in. Now, there's a myth. It's completely unbiblical, but some in the church or who claim to be in the church have even perpetuated it. It goes like this. It says you have to love yourself before you can love others. Friends, that's straight up not what the Bible teaches. I've done other shows on the biblical truth here. So go back. If you're confused, go back and listen to the shows I've done on self-love. And you can hear how God can count. And if there's only two commandments, there, love God and love others. There's no third commandment about loving yourself. So go check that out. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that today. But here's my encouragement. My encouragement is this. Once you start to love others well, it is strange what happens to the way you feel about yourself. So here's how you do it. You start serving. Start loving others, not just in your heart, but with your actions, words, and deeds. Put love into motion. If you truly want to feel better about yourself, start loving others well. Now, a lot of you listening are moms or grandmas. You probably feel like your slate of people that you need to love well is pretty full. And I get that. I have four kids. I had a four babies in five years. Okay. So I know what it's like if you're in a season of filling sippy cups and changing diapers to think about loving others beyond the responsibilities you have in your house is overwhelming. I'm not saying this to put a burden of guilt on you or to add more to your plate. Instead, my goal here is to encourage you that when you get busy serving others, it takes your mind off yourself. And that's where the freedom comes. The freedom comes in the self-forgetfulness. Now, I know that sounds counterintuitive, right? If you want to feel better about yourself, you've got to really concentrate or go back to what we talked about earlier. You've got to do, like focus on, feel better about myself. But that's not the way it works. God's kingdom is upside down, remember? God says, if you want to receive, you have to give. (laughs) And in this case, I've watched so many people over the years try to love themselves more and find themselves in the pit of misery. Yet, when you see someone focused on loving others more, you see something interesting in their life. It's a vigor. It's a purpose. It's a light. And it shines bright. Mother Teresa is an amazing example of this. Now, most of us aren't going to India to run an orphanage, so don't overcomplicate it. But here are some simple ways that maybe you could do this. So you're getting ready to go to an event, right? Maybe it's a mops meeting or a women's ministry meeting at your church or just a lunch with some friends, PTA meeting, maybe just even church on a Sunday morning, maybe maybe the only event you get to go out to every week. But instead of going into this event, thinking and worrying about what other people will think of you, my challenge to you is to be radically intentional about thinking about other people. Choose two or three people, if that sounds too many, just choose one person and engage them. Ask them questions about themselves. 
If you're not a natural born talker, prepare questions in advance so you have them ready. Okay, so I did this at church just a couple weeks ago. There was a woman sitting in front of me by herself, and I sat there with like a hundred people in my family. <laughs> and I saw she was sitting alone. And it took some courage, right? Because you never know if someone's going to, especially now in the era of COVID, maybe they don't want to face you and talk to you or, you know, you just, you don't know. You don't know how they're going to respond. But I really felt like God was saying, reach out to her. And so I did. I asked her her name and I asked her how long she had been attending our church. And I asked her, I don't remember, something else about herself, if she lived in the area or was from the area. And had a short conversation with her. And you know what I noticed about her demeanor? And I'm not saying this like I lit up her day. Please don't hear this wrong. But I noticed before that short conversation, she kind of had a, you know, an uncertainty to her. She looked like she was by herself. And she was kind of emitting an I'm all alone kind of air to her. But afterwards, she had a little bit of a smile. And I thought, isn't that what we're supposed to do? Be beacons of Jesus's light and love. And friends, it didn't take much. I didn't have to get her life story. I didn't have to tell her my life story, right? But just saying, I see you, I want to know you, is enough to change a person's day. I know it is. I've had my day changed by someone asking me those questions in situations where I felt uncertain and alone. So what can you do to shift your focus as you go to different places throughout the year? And instead of worrying, what will they think of me? Will they like what I have on? Will they think I'm the fattest person there? Will they think I'm the most beautiful person there? Whatever tricks your brain plays on you as you prepare to go somewhere, what would it look like to go into those situations thinking, how can I love someone well today? Now, if talking to someone feels too daunting, there are other ways you can serve God with your gifts. Did you know that one trend I find most among the women I coach is that they've lost touch with their spiritual gifts? They know they have some, but they haven't been able to use them, and they aren't even sure they still can. There are many spiritual gifts assessments online. Take one and start using your gifts in church or even in your community. Is there a ministry in your area looking for volunteers? Maybe you have the gift of hospitality and just making a meal for a neighbor who looks overwhelmed would be a huge blessing. Friend, whatever you do, if you put looking out onto your New Year's goals list, I promise you it will change the way you feel about your body and about your life. I'll be right back with suggestion three right after this break. Heather here. Is the Compare to Who show blessing you? Well, then there's nothing nicer you could do for us than to leave us your five-star review. Leave a review on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your shows. Not sure how to do it? Go to comparetowho.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom of the screen, and you'll find out all the information on how to leave a review. Thank you so much for considering supporting the show in this way. And hey, while you're at comparetowho.me, take the free body image awareness quiz, download the free walk to lose the weight of comparison walking workout, or check out any of the hundreds of articles available on the site to encourage you in your journey with body image and comparison. Thanks for listening. Check it all out right after this episode, of course. 
Okay, the elephant in the room this time of year is always, how am I going to lose weight? Or most of us have been programmed now to say, how am I going to get healthier? I'm on to you. We've learned diet culture is bad, so now we have to use the word health to make it all sound kosher. Who can argue with health? According to the BMI chart, diet culture and what we see on Instagram, we all need to lose a few pounds to be healthy. Okay, maybe not all of us, but according to all those three things, almost none of us meet the criteria, right? Because the mark is always moving. It's impossible to keep up. What was healthy 10 years ago doesn't look like healthy now. (sighs) That can feel like a losing cause. But really, no matter what these influencers say, let's just, let's get down to brass tacks. The holidays were fun. Most of us ate foods we wouldn't normally eat. And part of us just physiologically craves a healthier way. Our pants may feel tighter and we don't want to go buy new ones just because we ate too many cookies in December. Friends, I get it. But here's what I want to encourage you with today. Feeling shame over your holiday eating, feeling pressure to lose the weight this month since it's January, or at least start your journey towards weight loss because it's January, and going back to the chains of dieting or following this plan or that program, it may not put you where you want to be this time next year. How do I know? What if this is your year to actually stick with it and make it work? I don't want to be a downer, but the reality is diets don't work long term. In fact, most studies show 95 to 97% of them don't work at all. And if you do lose the weight, you'll gain it back within five years. Friends, would you take a medicine for an illness that only had a 3% effectiveness rate? I don't think so. Most of our doctors wouldn't recommend that, right? And that's why my third tip for you today is when all you see on Instagram and in ads online and everywhere around you is the get a new body quick messages, I ask you to consider looking away. So last fall, I interviewed several dietitians, and I got turned on to the concept of intuitive eating in a more formal way. I'd heard of it, but I didn't really know the details about it. I've almost finished reading the updated version of the original intuitive eating book, and I'm flabbergasted. So many of the things I write about in Compared to Who, my first book, came from experiential knowledge for me. And they were written in that book too. No wonder some people didn't think my book was as original as I thought it was. But the intuitive eating book, it's not a Christian book at all, but it even talks about body image idolatry. Okay, now it doesn't use those terms exactly, but it talks about how diet culture has created an image that we should all ascribe and bow down to. It sounds like idolatry to me. Now, I know God set me free from body image issues almost a decade ago, but the lingering threads of decades of dieting were still hanging on there. When I wrote my book, Compared to Who, I didn't really know what to do about it. I knew that the hard issues surrounding body image had to be dealt with before the physical issues. Yet, I wouldn't have told you at that point that diets were bad. Honestly, I was probably limiting carbs or sugar fasting while I wrote the book. 
at the time, I believed that dieting was more about my health goals and body image was more about my spiritual struggle. Yes, I saw how they were connected. I saw how it may have been God's great grace not to zap me skinny every time I started a new diet because that achievement would have made me bow to the body image idol and serve it. But now, honestly, I'm still trying to sort it all out. Is it okay to want to lose weight? I think so. Part of me still believes that. But after my interviews this fall, I wonder if the reason I believe that has more to do with the lies and beliefs I've adopted from diet culture instead of the truth that God made people in different body shapes and with different body sizes. I'm still sorting all this out, my friends. And I know a lot of us are just on a vast spectrum, whether you want to lose five pounds, 10 pounds, a hundred pounds, health concerns, comfort concerns. There's so many different aspects to these issues. And I want to be sensitive to the reality that we're not all in the same place. So what can we talk about universally that would help us all? I think it's this principle of learning how to just be around food. So we talked about in the first part of the show, I, I know what to do with food. Tell me the new set of rules, right? There's always a new set of rules and I'll follow them. But to just be free with food, with no rules, that felt scary and dangerous to me. And I know a lot of you reached out to me and have said that feels scary and dangerous to you too. How do you just be around food? But the more I learn about intuitive eating, the more it feels like this principle of being free with food could be the most important one. Yet it's the most difficult for those of us who come from a dieting or disordered eating or eating disorder background. We're used to living our lives on a food schedule. We follow the food rules well and the results are good. We don't follow the rules and the results, in other words, how our body looks, are bad. These words, good and bad, they describe our food, they describe our bodies, and this is where the real shackles are attached to us. And this is why it's a wrestling match for us to be truly free with food. We can be free with good food, but we can come up with a thousand very righteous and health-focused reasons why we shouldn't be free with bad foods. If you're wrestling with this like I am, I thought I'd just share with you a little bit of my holiday experience. So I shared on Instagram on Thanksgiving Day that this was the first Thanksgiving in 30 years where I ate breakfast on Thanksgiving Day. I had to stifle all those voices telling me to save the calories and I had to do it scared. Would you like to know what happened? I don't think I ate as much at Thanksgiving dinner. We ate around 1.30 p.m. and I don't think I even had seconds. I was good with one plate. And that evening, I ate one slice of pie and one slice of pizza. In that order, that was what I was hungry for. But friends, I honestly didn't overdo it. Now, my normal would have been to skip breakfast and maybe shave some calories off the day before Thanksgiving in preparation to overdo it. Then Thanksgiving Day, I would have certainly had seconds, pie, and probably even another round of the leftovers that evening with a second slice of pie. I do believe that giving myself the freedom to eat when I was hungry 
helped me stay stable all day long. And my experience really matched what Megan Hadley, one of the non-diet RDs I talked to last November. It's exactly what she said. We overeat late in the day because we don't eat enough early in the day. And that was my experience on Thanksgiving. Then there's Christmas. My daughter and I have a cookie day each year where we bake a bunch of different types of cookies and have Hallmark movies playing in the background. And I have to confess, I always overdo it on cookie day. I love cookie dough. I'm not afraid of salmonella and I will eat it unbaked. But then I also always end up just grabbing them as the day progresses because normally I don't eat enough that day. Again, I'm trying to save calories for the cookies. But this year, I noticed that eating a real breakfast, I had eggs, and a real lunch, I had meat and potatoes of some sort, changed my grabbiness. I wasn't constantly throwing them into my mouth as we went along. I tasted a few, but I didn't overdo it. I also believe that my attitude about the cookies, trying to reprogram myself to say that the cookies were allowed, that they weren't bad, giving myself the freedom to eat whatever I was hungry for from the cookies actually helped me to not overindulge. Again, it seems strange, counterintuitive. If I'm free to eat, won't I eat all the things? And won't that be really unhealthy for my body? And the truth is, yeah, cookies aren't good for you necessarily. But being mentally bogged down by how bad the cookies are, I think may have been worse for my body than the extra sugar or flour or butter or whatever right? That constant angel on one shoulder shouting nutritional advice and the devil on the other shoulder saying, you really want the delicious cookies? Like that scenario always led me to eat all the cookies. (laughs) My husband would wonder how they disappeared so fast and I'd blame the kids. But the truth is it was me. I was eating way too many cookies because I felt like they were the forbidden fruit. They were bad and I kind of wanted them. But the mindset shift, eliminating the belief that the cookies are the enemy, really helped me to be freer with them this season. And and ready for this? The crazy thing is, it's January, and I had to throw away about a dozen cookies because they were super stale after two weeks of no one eating them. Last year, all of our cookies were gone by Christmas Day. Now, there's so much more I'm learning on this front. And in this new year, my friends Charlie Castle and Aaron Todd from the Intuitive Eating for Christian Women podcast, they're going to do regular coaching calls. I don't know if it'll be twice a quarter or once a month. We haven't figured out a schedule yet, but they're going to coach me on the show and I'm going to tell them my challenges with trying to become an intuitive eater and they're going to give me advice along the way. So I hope you'll tune in for those. Well, I promised you three ways to get a new view of you. And so I guess the best way to summarize the third would be to get free from diet culture. Friend, I really don't think its lessons have helped us. And now I'm seeing just how much it's hurt me and likely made me gain more weight than I ever lost. So my best advice for you when you see all the diet and get a new body quick messages this new year is to just look away. So those are my three tips for your new year. Look up look out, and look away. We'll keep talking about all of these issues and more throughout the new year. This month on the show, we'll be talking about how to make resolutions that will really transform your year. 
We're going to tackle what to do if reading the Bible is boring for you, how to transform your thoughts, and how to rest. And I don't mean sitting on the couch kind of rest. I mean the rest that comes from turning your brain off. I hope you'll tune in every Tuesday and Friday for new episodes all year long. Plus, I have a brand new Bible reading plan on version. I know so many of you did the Christmas plan and enjoyed that. The new plan is called Compared to Who. It's a 10-day Bible reading plan. You can download it on your version Bible app. And then in February, we're going to start reading my second book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. We're going to start reading it together, kind of like a virtual book club, I guess you'd say. I'm going to take two weeks, so four episodes, to walk you through some of the key takeaways from this powerful book on breaking free from comparison by embracing the life of grace. If you haven't read it yet, grab a copy on Amazon or ChristianBook.com or wherever you get your Christian books, grab a copy now so you can send in your questions for me to answer during these episodes. The book is set up for self-study or for group study. So if you're tired of always trying to compare yourself to other people and want to make that different in this new year, grab the book and work through it one chapter at a time. There are Bible verses and questions at the end of each chapter. So you can really spend some time digging in and working through the issues surrounding why we get stuck in comparison. And I think it's going to really help you break free from comparison this year. So check it out. It's called The Burden of Better. Well, that's all for today's show. Thanks so much for listening to the Compared to Podcast. For more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, head over to edify.app or look for the Edify app in the Apple and Google Play stores. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com.